Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Unprompted, Patrick Peterson announced how much longer he plans to play. What are Vance Joseph's plans against a young quarterback making just his second career start and first on the road? Okay, he didn't say, but he did say some other interesting things. But first, an update on Devon Kennard. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 345, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. So, MJ, we know Devon Kennard will not play this week, but I do think it's important to keep everyone updated on how DK is feeling. And he updated everyone earlier today, tweeting this afternoon, quote, I'm still symptom-free, and everyone I had any contact with at work and at home have tested negative multiple times now. Still going through the quarantine process, but looking forward to putting this behind me. Exclamation point. End of tweet. So that is good news, and we hope the same can be said about Byron Murphy. Again, both those players on the reserve COVID-19 list and ruled out for this game against the Miami Dolphins. Well, and it's important, you know, for everyone listening is that they they wear tracers on, on their wrist. And, uh, you know, we get tested once a week just so we can go to the stadium on, on game day and if we get a chance to watch the open portion of practice. So the good news is it didn't spread. And that's something you got to be cautious with. There's a reason why the Cardinals did shut down their facility, according to reports on Sunday, went in there and, quarantined and do a nice little sanitation, uh, you know, sanitize, excuse me. And so they, they felt comfortable bringing everyone back. But, you know, obviously, you know, there's only a certain amount of people you can have in, in meetings. So it's a little bit different. But this is 2020, so we could just chalk it up to that. But, yeah, it's good because you're always concerned if one guy has it and having those tracers, they can find out who he was around. And I think we're seeing other teams, uh, including tonight, where if you're around a certain player – you got high risk. You're not playing in these games. And I think that's why the NFL has a 16-man practice squad for situations like this. And the Baltimore Ravens as well, in addition to what you're referring to with the 49ers. it's I don't have the numbers in front of me or every single team, but it is something that every team has to deal with or at least be cognizant of because perhaps the team you're playing on Sunday, and I know that was the case with the Seattle Seahawks after playing the 49ers, and now, of course, they're on high alerts and on it. I wouldn't say odd edge. That's, that's a bad, bad choice of words on my point. But they are at least aware, like, hey, let's keep an eye on this. Well, a week before the Cardinals were going to head to New York to play the Jets, they had, you know, a small breakout and they shut the facility down. Now, the good news there, it happened earlier in the week, and it didn't affect the game. The Cardinals were still able to travel on a Friday and then obviously start at that three-game winning streak. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And then if you look at a team you're playing in the following week, okay, how's that How's that match up? And, and I know some people are thinking, why are they playing tonight? Uh, first of all, the NFL does have a Thursday night package. But, you know, if, if these records were different, would they move that game to Sunday or Monday? 
Um, but again, the Niners are trying to hang on, and, and the Packers, you know, they're trying to show that they're worthy of winning that division, um, you know, regardless of what happens behind it. So it's, again, it's not going to be ideal. Uh, I think everyone has to make adjustments, and that's what coaching's about in football. You make adjustments. I mean, you go out there and you, you have a game plan, and the next possession, you're like, we're throwing this out the door. This didn't work. So. I don't want to minimize it because it's health is the most important thing. That's what everyone's looking at. Well, it's health and that can be injuries as well. And I know this is a totally different thing that any head coach has ever had to plan for. But to your point, you have to have a plan B. You have to have a plan C, D, E, F, and just keep going down the line until you get to somewhere where you can say, all right, we've got it figured out, at least for right now. Let's move forward. Well, I think Kingsbury, you know, probably like 31 other head coaches when they come in the office now, I'm sure they have this sync on their phone. But you get to the office, you open up your email, and he gets there at 430 in the morning, and he's really crossing his fingers that he doesn't see any names from his building, you know. So that, that you know, but, hey, you got to hit it uh, head on, and, you know, you got to be proactive. You can't sit there and go, oh, whoa, whoa, it's us. It's happening all around the league, and it's happening to a lot of different sports. Cardinals and Miami Dolphins is the matchup for week nine. Before we get to that, though, some interesting comments, at least I thought, from Patrick Peterson earlier today. And I don't know if it was on purpose or it just kind of slipped, but he announced today, MJ, that he wants to play or not say wants. He plans to play another five years. This was all in the course of a question asked about his podcast, All Things Covered, with he and his cousin Brian McFadden. Now, if you do the math, Peterson is 30 years old. This is his 10th NFL season at five. All right, so he wants to play until he's 35, and apparently that magical mark of 15 NFL seasons. He's only under contract through the end of this year with the Arizona Cardinals, so Without saying his contract on his on, is on his mind, maybe it is on his mind. Well, I, I remember sit, uh, standing at Patrick's locker. It was a couple of years ago, and it seemed like even longer than that now because we haven't been in the locker room. But we understand we're still able to do our job. I asked him how long he wanted to play. He told me 13 years, and I said, "Do you ever want to move to safety?" Now, obviously, safety you got to be more of a hitter. Not saying he doesn't like to hit, but he's more of a cover guy. Because you look at, you know, Rod Woodson and Charles Woodson, some guys made the transition, but he said, no, I always want to play corner. So, um, I, obviously he feels like his body, you know, he, he said he maybe he's lost a step, but he's obviously wiser. Um, he, he's, he knows how to cover guys, uh, based on film and technique. And, you know, he's going to outsmart you on game day if you're a young receiver like Metcalf. Um, but he did tell me 13 years, but he, so here we are a couple years later and he wants to, you know, go to 15. So, you know, at some point he's going to hit the wall and, you know, is, how is he going to be able to deal with maybe I'm not a one, number one corner because they just drafted a guy. So, but to me, if he's one or two or one A, um, I still think he can help you on game day. Well, here's what he had to say when it came to physical skills and whether or not he might have <laughs> lost a step. He said this with a smile on his face, quote, I'm not going to admit I've lost a step, end quote. Although he did say, as you get older, the game slows down and you pick up different things and it becomes more of a mental game. You know how to take angles. You watch enough film. You know where a receiver is supposed to be. Maybe even know what that route is better than that 
receiver that you're playing up against. And that's something that Vance Joseph mentioned as well earlier today as far as, well, look, as you get older, father time, he's undefeated. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. It always catches up to you. But you just have to figure out another way. And those that do it best and also at the same time keep uh, good care of their body. And then all of a sudden you can get to 9, 10, 11, 12 plus seasons. It's it's rare, but I think you're seeing a lot more of it in this day and age, especially because the rules are so much different. Two-a-days, padded practices, a four days off during a bye week. These players because there is so much at stake, certainly from a financial aspect as well, it is a different game than our good friend Ron Wolfley played in back in the day. Oh, there's no doubt. You know, Russell Wilson, and we'll, we'll talk about what Larry said they did during the bye week here, you know, coming up. But Russell Wilson said he spends a million dollars a year on just nutrition, chefs, um, you know, different, um, different uh, um, workouts with different people. And he says when he's on the road, he still tries to find a way to work out. He, he said maybe Christmas he may not work out, but he works out. So, you know, obviously Patrick's made a lot of money, and you could see just follow him on social media, different stuff that he has. And, you know, I don't know if he's promoting, but you have to take care of your body. And part of that is just, you know, obviously focusing on what you're putting in your body and, and all those things. And obviously, you know, what happened last year, um, you know, hopefully learn from and everything else. But for the most part, though, these guys and Larry's the same way. You know, they got massages or masseuses and yoga and Pilates. And we know the Chandler was doing that. So we don't see it, you know, off the field unless they post up. But I got to think these guys are invested in their bodies because their bodies are, are, are their, the engine, obviously, to continue to play at, in different sports. I wouldn't put anything past. Peterson, if that is indeed his goal to play another five seasons, it just becomes a matter, all right, well, where? And it, even if it is here with the Arizona Cardinals, I'm sorry, there's no team that is going to sign him to a five-year contract at the end of this season. I just, I don't see it, especially at the age of 30 years old. And when you are so successful and such a five-star player as Patrick Peterson is, sometimes you have to kind of take a step back and look at it from the team side and go, all right, yeah, I'm worth a certain amount, but the years, you just can't put that kind of a burden on a franchise. No, and, and you know, whatever happens, just hypothetically, you know, if he stays here, he obviously becomes a free agent. The Cardinals would get some compensation depending on his value. It could be a third or a fourth, but getting ahead of myself. But at the end of the day, um, I would think, you know, initially two or three just to kind of move some money around. Cap hit the first year, and then obviously, you know, he's got to be concerned about that third year. But I still think he can play for a high level for the next couple of years. But I, I would agree with you at that age, um, the team's going to be a little reluctant to go a four- or five-year deal. Now, they can give it to you to spend money around, but realistically, you got to go, am I going to be here four years from now? I do think he's having a lot more fun because oh, yeah. he brought up the fact not only is the team winning, but he brought up that he is being targeted an average of six times a game. No longer are quarterbacks, and maybe these are younger quarterbacks, though not quite familiar with number 21, and as they get older, they'll know not to throw to his side. But he's got the two interceptions. He has a goal of five more, which would two plus five is seven. 
That would match his career high he set in year two back in 2012. He only has the one pick six, and that I know is something that he brought up earlier today. He would love to have another one and perhaps this coming week, but you don't really hear a lot from Patrick, at least during that run when he was all pro year in and year uh, after. He would get bored, and he had to kind of, play tricks to kind of keep himself engaged because there was no action to his side of the field or whatever player he was covering. A little bit different of a story here this season. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, the fact that he, he hears that people think he's lost a step. And But, again, experience, knowledge, uh, breaking down his opponents. I mean, yeah, man, he's still a good corner. I mean, he's smooth. Uh, in his routes when, he, when he's covering, you know, and backpedaling and turning his hips. So, yeah, it's I, I like the fact that he he's aware that, that you could be more crafty, savvy, where you know you don't have to try to make a play every down. It's like I'm gonna I'm not gonna force something here for my team. I'm gonna let it come to me, and when that opportunity comes, I'm gonna make sure I make the most of it. Well, we've seen a number of different athletes in different sports. You might not have the best talents or you playing for so long and your talent diminishes. I know everyone points to, in Major League Baseball, Greg Maddox. He didn't have an overpowering fastball, but he knew where, he, where to spot the ball. Steve Nash with the Phoenix Suns and Dallas Mavericks, he, did, he wasn't very talented, but he knew where to put the ball and get his teammates in the best position to score the basketball. And I think Peterson right now, more film study, more taking care of his body, and it's that film study and going, all right, well, I'm not going to beat this wide receiver in a race one-on-one. So how do I adjust my technique? How do I adjust my body so I don't get beats off the line? Well, and the guys you mentioned, you know, Greg Maddox, um, and then even Maddox to me and Steve Nash, they're wired like Patrick. They may not show it. They may not be as, uh, um, you know, boisterous or you know, I don't. I think Patrick's confident. I don't. Maybe some people think he's coming across arrogant or cocky because he does back up what he says. Though now you got to stack a, a good season here to give reason, some reason to people to talk about bringing you back or decide what they want to do. But uh, when you start mentioning those guys, I mean, the fact that Maddox pitched in huge games. Um, you know, uh, he's not a guy that was going to come out in the fifth inning. He's you know, you wouldn't even go to the Bobby Bobby Cox probably wouldn't even go to the. Uh, uh, the pitching mound to take him out because he would give him a dirty look. And then Steve Nash, we just know he played with a lot of heart and soul. And Patrick's a little bit more talented than those guys, but I think they're all kind of wired the same way. Oh, I think he's way more talented than either those right. two as far as, but you're right. They have that same desire to be great and whatever it takes to be great, they will do daily and each year, each off season to get ready for the regular season. Bird Gang, if you haven't already, I'm going to continue to push it. I'm going to continue to promote it. Cardinals Flight Plan Season 3, Episode 6, Raising the Bar. It debuted on October 31st, this past Saturday. But if you want to catch it, go to YouTube.com slash AZ Cardinals. A great look and some behind-the-scenes access as well through these first seven games of the 2020 season. Now, Larry Fitzgerald was on that flight plan episode. And, of course, we talked about what he had to say. Like, we haven't accomplished anything as of yet. Five and two start is great. Fitz had some more things to say earlier today. Typically, 
hashtag Fitz Friday. Well, we're going to move it up a day because I thought it was important to hear from someone who has been in this game, MJ, for a long, long time. But for the first time in his career, because he was forced to, he had to stay in town like everyone else during the bye week. First time he's ever done that in his career. Well, what do you do? You go to the facility. And who did he see? Same thing that Corey Peters brought up earlier this week. The players, they're all there getting in their own workout, watching their own film. And then Fitz even dove a little bit deeper because the position groups got together. He mentioned tight ends, DJ Humphreys and the offensive linemen. And then Fitz threw out that the wide receivers were running routes. Again, on their own, no coaches, because that's not allowed. But there's nothing to say that these players can't go to the facility and use the available equipment to them. And then, of course, hey, a couple of teammates are there. You get together, and next thing you know, as Fitz said, quote, you would have thought it was a regular practice day the way guys were going about their business, end quote. Well, like I've maintained, this team is close to when it comes to trust and chemistry and unity. They believe in each other. So if somebody else is doing the work, and, and you're right, I, mean, I hope some guys obviously, you know, you're not there eight, ten hours a day, but you're going in there and getting breaking a sweat, and you're also trying to improve your skill, and people just – Rep, rep, rep. Well, that's how you get better. You have to rep it. That's how the Cardinals offense is playing better. They're repping it every day in practice. Rep, 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 execution. Rep, rep. So when you rep that, it becomes mu- muscle memory to your brain. To This is how I'm supposed to do things. And, and obviously, as you mentioned, no coaches out there. So I just think they got great leadership uh, on both sides of the ball, including, um, you know, DJ Humphreys and Pugh. And I think Calvin Beach has been a nice addition. You know, nothing against Mason Cole, a little bit younger, maybe not as vocal. Uh, obviously, you know, between Larry and Hop and Kyler Murray's taking a step defensively. I, I just like where this team is chemistry-wise. And, you know, I asked Larry about that because I didn't want to bring this up. But you remember Jim Leland? Yes. Somebody asked him, what do you, what do you think about chemistry? You know what he said? That's a class you take in school. Long-time Pittsburgh Pirates manager. Detroit Tigers, too. Yes, that's right. I looked it up. I thought Larry was there, but Larry came in after. I think he was in Detroit. But that's what he said. And I'm like, there's something about chemistry. Like, these guys, they trust each other. And when you have trust, that's why when they have four days off, they're going back to the facility. And now, are they two and five doing the same thing, Craig? I don't know. Now, I can tell you over the years, Larry's gone to Cabo. He's going to Hawaii. Now, obviously, they have arrangements where they're not flying commercial. Um, so he would get out of town. But he also said when he was there, he would work out. He never stopped working out because you don't want to you shut it down. Um, but I, I really just like this team's stability in the front office, the coaching staff, the players. I mean, they are head and shoulders from last year where they were right now. I'll give the players a lot of credit and as Fitz said quote I think guys understand that we have a really good ball club and we want to keep that positive momentum going end quote with respect to having that work through the bye week to kind of bridge this three-game winning streak some players like it others like no hey we're on a roll let's just keep going well sometimes you do need to take a step back get some rest heal up but this team will be back and hopefully to extend a four-game winning streak 
with the victory against the Dolphins. Yeah, unfortunately, when it came to Kennard and Murphy, uh, they're going to miss this game. But obviously, right now, everything's uh, pointing in the right direction at a return. But um, for the most part, I mean, you know, you, you look at, you know, they brought in Golden and, and Josh Morrow. looks like Leckie Foto is going to get, replace Zach Allen. So, I mean, it's like they understand the next man up, you know. And so it's not just one guy. But I, I, I just like the fact that, they all believe in each other where if they get that opportunity, okay, like Deontay Thompson, I mean, they feel comfortable playing him. It wouldn't surprise me if he's in some of their packages. You know, last year they probably didn't even think twice if Jalen Thompson was healthy. So I just like that other guys are – it's not just the top guys. Now, we know Kime called them out in, in their 3-0 since then. But as Larry said, they got enough leadership and trust in that locker room to where they're going to put pressure on themselves. They don't need anybody else to say it. The key to all of this, though, is what happens next season or two seasons from now when these protocols are no longer in place. Knock on wood, it is next season, and they're allowed to do something during this four-day break. Just are the, are the players learning that, hey, in order to get where we want to be, playoffs, advance deep into the postseason, Super Bowl, that you, yes, you can take some time off. We don't expect you to be there all, every day, 24 hours, like you said, but you're not traveling. You're not getting on a plane and then lounging around. You are putting in the work, even though it's not, quote, unquote, required or mandatory. Well, let's be honest. It's, it's mandated for these guys to get tested every day. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, who knows? I mean, if we get to that point, um, you know, guys got to be smart. You know, Arian said, don't be that guy. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll cross that bridge. But this year, they realize what's at stake. And for this team to have five wins with nine to go, um, and they didn't get their fifth win until late uh, last year in Seattle, um, they realize what's at stake. And, and I brought it up briefly, but, you know, depending on how Seattle finishes, the Cardinals got a game against them couple weeks on Thursday night, all of a sudden, you know, the good news for the Cardinals is they've already played two division games. And if you look in the division, the other teams are starting to play division games. So that's a huge advantage. But I think they know what's at stake. And they've made a commitment this year through COVID, and they know that they can't go out and even just they can get takeout, but they can't be going out where large crowds are. So I think they got the commitment there. And listen, if you really uh, want to get a chance to play for a ring or in the postseason, you have to be committed. You get to February, March, go do what you need to do. Go, you know, check stuff off your bucket list. But you have to be committed right now, and that's why it's a team. Bird Gang, if you haven't already, update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. Kennard Murphy, both out this week, and in yesterday's show, MJ, we kind of touched on what we thought the team would do as far as how do you fill that hole on that defense when you're losing two defensive starters. We obviously know Marcus Golden is going to take care of the outside linebacker position with Kennard out, but that slot corner position, and we were waiting to see or waiting to hear what Vance Joseph might say in that area. And much like we thought, Kevin Peterson was the first name out of Coach Joseph's mouth, although he did bring up 
Prince Amukamara as well, which a day earlier, Cliff Kingsbury said, was still kind of getting into shape. Joseph today, quote, Amukamara is ready to roll. That obviously would require a roster move. He would have to be elevated from the practice squad to the active roster over the weekend. So you're looking at what happens now with this, not just the slot corner, but don't forget, Drake Kirkpatrick is dealing with a thigh injury. He certainly would be an option, not at slot corner, but you don't want to be down two corners when you're going up against this Dolphins team or any team because now all of a sudden it's hurting your depth and you have to keep going down next man down the line and so forth. So I'm real curious on what kind of a rotation, if there is a rotation, or what kind of different mix Coach Joseph does at the slot corner position. Yeah, I mean, I he did tell us that Isaiah Simmons came back as a different guy after the bye week, and he obviously wants more playing time, and they had a some third down packages for him. Unfortunately, he really didn't transpire into overtime when the Seahawks really had to convert on third down to continue their drive. Um, you know, I don't know if he would cover in the slot, um, but you got Campbell. Um, I think Jalen Thompson can do it if you want to put Buddha back there. I mean, I think they have options. I don't know if it's going to be one guy. Obviously, you know, you got to be concerned with, you know, Parker, but for the most part, the tight ends and the slot receiver. But, you know, Kevin Peterson, and, you know, I don't want to say he didn't mention this guy because a lot of times when he's sitting there, he only asks, we ask names and questions, so he answers. But Bosby, um, I would think, you know, he's been he's been at practice wearing number 25. I like his size. Um, he was in camp and he was released, and the Cardinals, you know, went out and brought him in. He's gone through the COVID stuff. So um, I'm not saying he's not in the mix, but, you know, I, th- I think when you look at it from an experience standpoint, and – he he was released later than Prince was, so I think he's got to be in football shape too. I'll go back to the first name that you brought up. Here is Coach Joseph's quote on Isaiah Simmons. After the bye, he came back a different guy. He's definitely more comfortable. He's more confident in what he's doing. He wants more playing time, end quote. Now, whether that means he's playing more slot corner, coverage corner, I don't know, but I do think – he has shown this coaching staff, and Vance Joseph in particular, that I can handle it even in the biggest of big stages. Sunday night football, overtime, Russell Wilson, that play, just his fifth defensive snap, I think was huge, not only for him, but everyone else that was watching that game saying, hey, we've got someone here, we slow played it, maybe he is ready for that next step or two. Now, when I say this, people are going to say, well, what do you want them to say? Every time we've asked a, a, a position player more on defense, you know, Jordan Hicks and Campbell, um, even Reddick, because Reddick knows what he's going through, you know, getting a chance to play weak side, and then, you know, I think he's got some skill set to rush the passer. But they all say he's putting the work in, and and, and you could just see when he got the game ball how excited guys were for him. And the way when he came to the sidelines, because they know – you know, he's got the easy eighth overall pick in the draft. He's supposed to have a more of an immediate impact, but people fail to know that Jordan Hicks and Campbell, you know, I think Campbell can play a little bit better. Hicks has missed some tackles. It's not perfect, but they're your leaders on defense. I mean, Campbell's a big size guy out there and he's physical. So it's not because he's not putting the work in. It's because he's got guys ahead of him. And this team is trying to win, but they're trying to mix him in. 
and I like the with, with, with the different packages. So again, I don't have a number, but if they face some third downs, I think we could see Isaiah Simmons out there. And this and this is no knock, but I am going to bring up the fact that the opponent this week, when you look at the Dolphins' offense and a second start, second career start, first on the road for Tua Tungavaloa. They only had 145 yards of offense last week against the Rams. They won because of special teams and defense. He only had 93 passing yards, talking about Tua. And you look at what has been going on with this Dolphins team. They're 4-3 and three right there in the AFC East. Yet, offensively, the numbers don't jump off the page, especially with wide receivers. Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. That's not household names. And even the numbers don't back up as far as being number one and number two wide receivers. Parker, 30 catches, 367 yards, and three touchdowns. His breakout season a year ago, he had over 1,200 receiving yards. So I think they're expecting a little bit more from him. But on the flip side, you have to take into account a young quarterback still trying to figure out this professional game. Well, I, you know, Patrick brought this up that, you know, I looked it up. They had 17 offensive plays in the first half. 48 for the game. Now, the Rams had 82 plays. When you look at that stat sheet, you're like, how did they lose? But you, you, you mentioned defense and special teams. They definitely helped them out. Um, so Vance says that based on he, you know, him being in camp and them making this move now, and Flores come out today and said, this isn't really a 10-game audition. We feel comfortable with him because people think, are they going to pull, you know, draft another quarterback? Um, they got to find out what they have. But I got to think, and Patrick hit it right on the head. Young quarterback, bootlegs, um, RPO, zone reads, quick passes to get him in a little confidence and get him in rhythm. So I don't know. In, in the offensive line, they showed it on NFL films where they were proud of him and and they want to protect him. They th- they want to give him more time to throw the ball, and I think that's going to play into the Cardinals trying to pressure him. I know he's a young quarterback. He mentioned first road start. He's played in big games, but. It doesn't sound like their offense is going to change. Now, you, you, Ryan Fitzpatrick's a much more accurate quarterback that will sit in the pocket. He'll run. Um, but I think when you look at him, I think they're just going to try to dink and dunk, and they'll take some shots. But I think they want him comfortable and confident where, hey, I can make some plays versus third and ten every time, and, and they're going to bring pressure to him. Now, I had a chance earlier today for the Arizona Cardinals team-to-team that is posted every single week on azcardinals.com. I talked with Joe Shad, who covers the Dolphins for the Palm Beach Post, and we talked about the offense, and he used the word vanilla, talking about last week's game against the Rams, and he thinks the same is going to happen again this week, especially considering they have no running backs. Miles Gaston on injured reserve because of a knee injury. Matt Breida did not practice for a second straight day because of a hamstring issue. And then their latest or newest running back, DeAndre Washington, whom they acquired from the Chiefs, he can't play this week. Protocols. He's ineligible to play. I mean, he's not going to be there quick enough based on being acquired on a Tuesday and game on Sunday. It's impossible. So if Breida is banged up or unable to go, you've got Jordan Howard and Patrick Laird. Again, not household names, and this might be the perfect opportunity for this Cardinals rush defense, which has been gashed, and I know it upsets a lot of those players, especially on the defensive line, to kind of get right, if you will, and show what everyone 
that they are capable of holding a, a, an opponent to under 100 rushing yards. Well, it sounds like he may lead his team in rushing, too. He might just go backyard yeah. football. Now, that's not what they want to do. There's, there's some structure to their offense. They just don't want him making mistakes. Again, uh, they're going to try to eat the clock up, not so much keep Kyle on the field, but just kind of, uh, you know, dink and dunk, move the chains, intermediate route. Um, obviously, when they get in the red zone, they're going to want to get touchdowns versus field goals because I don't think they want to get into a shootout with the Cardinals. I really don't. Well, I just don't and, think and that- We know that Flory, excuse me, if Hopkins is their best player on the outside or Chase Edmonds is their best running back in the open field or Kyler Murray's their best player, they're going to try to take away our best player and make the other guys beat them. And then, and they feel like if you take their best player away, uh, then the other guy is going to have to make more plays. Sometimes there are opportunities for them, but they also think, as, I'm not saying weaknesses, but they want to take your best players away. And I don't know if they can do that single-handedly with one guy in the Cardinals offense. Oh, I don't think there's any question about that. But if the Dolphins are going to win, it's going to be one because of their defense and two is because the Cardinals made mistakes. Go back to that Detroit Lions game. How many times do the Cardinals have an opportunity to kind of get ahead or maybe put some distance between them and the Lions and there was a turnover? You can't turn the ball over. Ask the Rams last week. There were four takeaways by the Dolphins' defense in that contest last week, and that's the great neutralizer. You could have the greatest offense in the world, but if you're losing the football, it doesn't matter. You can't score. Uh, breaking news here on Cardinals Cover 2, you need the football in order to score. And the uh, Dolphins' defense, 13 takeaways in seven games. And that- only have given up 130 points. They are, that's, I'm not that say that it scares me, but this Dolphins defense without a lot of, you know, household Pro Bowl names is very, very good, especially scoring defense, third down and fourth down. Now, 12 months ago, the Dolphins were 0 7 at this point. Since then, they've gone to worst to first in NFL points allowed. They're now giving up 18.6 per game compared to 34 at this time in 2019. Now, I look at their roster, Craig. They have a total of 49 of 52 players that are 28 years old and younger. They also have 10 draft picks next year. They're going to be picking their own. They got Houston's. They got their own, and they have Houston's second-round pick. So they're building something there. And his first thing was to change the culture. And I, I think it's a great hire. I think they'll be in the in the in the conversation for the AFC East over the next few years. Obviously, it's going to depend on if they think two is the guy. Um, but I, I'm a big Brian Flores fan. Just what I've heard, and I think he's no nonsense. And the players know um, that you better come to work every day and work hard because you know they always say the eye in the sky doesn't lie, and everything's filmed. So, but I think they're heading the right direction. Um, but I don't. I, I, I'm saying. The Cardinals are on a three-game winning streak. They're on a three-game winning streak. Well, it's time for the Cardinals to stop that winning streak from the Dolphins. Back to your note about how young this Dolphins team is. They are the second youngest as far as average age per player, 25 years old. And that, I think, speaks to what you're saying. You've got a second-year head coach, Bill Belichick, background, Brian Flores with the New England Patriots, and they're building something, and that's why – a lot of people believe that the move from Ryan Fitzpatrick to Tua Tungavaloa was because of where they see this team, maybe not this season or next season, 
but down the road. And is that going to be with Fitzpatrick as your quarterback? Well, the answer is no. It's going to be with Tua as your quarterback. Let's make the move now during the bye week and see where we can go. Because right now, I mean, they're second place in the AFC East. They're certainly in playoff contention. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, New England's struggling. I still think they could come back. You know, it'd be hard to fathom that Belichick wouldn't go at least eight and eight. Um, but obviously, you know, the quarterback situation there has got to get a lot better. You know, uh, obviously Cam hasn't been the same since COVID. We'll get a chance to see him in December. But, yeah, I, I really like what they're doing. Uh, I'm glad they're in the AFC. <laughs> I'm not, I mean, they don't concern me, but I just that's that's a franchise like, you know, when the when the Raiders are good or Bears are good. It's kind of good for the NFL, and I and I think they've done it the right way. Chris Gear, the general manager, obviously, and bringing in Brian Flores. I think I think they turned a lot of heads by what they were able to do last week yes. against the Rams because the feel good Dolphins story, two game winning streak. Here come the big bad LA Rams. Sean McVay, Jared Goff, Aaron Donald, and you're starting. Tua in his first game and his first drop back, he gets sandwiched and hit <laughs> by Donald. But at the, after that, it was okay. It was the Dolphins defense that really turned the tide. They are talking about the Dolphins two and one against the NFC West, beat the 49ers, beat the Rams, lost to the Seahawks, but gave the Seahawks a game 31 23. A lot of this though with Fitzpatrick, I just with him as a veteran quarterback, you can see where you can fling it, take some shots, take some chances. But with Tua, and we remember with Kyler Murray, his first couple of games, it took him a little while. He even acknowledged that this week. It's not easy to come in and try to pick up where you left off in your college career. It's The speed of the game is so much different. The players are so much bigger, more physical. Um, as much as, I wouldn't say worry, you, you certainly don't want to look past the Miami Dolphins, and the Cardinals shouldn't look past anybody. Yet, as good as the Dolphins look on paper, this is a game the Cardinals should win, and, and maybe even by a couple of scores. Yeah. I mean, again, if we're talking about the Cardinals, to put in pressure on Murray, because one thing that Cliff talked about is how long they are on the defensive line, one of the bigger D lines, you know, when you start looking at their unit. And, again, he's he, – he's going to throw a lot of things at it. It's kind of like Matt Patricia, really. They came from the same background with Belichick. I'm sure they call games different based on personnel. But he's going to he's going to throw some a lot of things at Murray, and I don't know if the spy is going to work. They rush three and drop seven or eight in covers to make him throw in tight throws. Do they try to take Hopkins out of the game? You know, they don't have Kenyon Drake, so they're going to have to rely on Chase Edmonds and Kyler Murray, and we'll see who else gets some, some touches in that game. Bird Gang, subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, The Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. Talking a lot about the Dolphins. We'll get more in-depth when we put Mike Jarecki on the clock tomorrow in our Friday edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And I forgot about this, and I'm glad someone asked Vance Joseph about it. Maybe it's a little bit different if the Cardinals were heading and playing in Miami, not too far away from where Patrick Peterson grew up and starred in high school. But let's not forget, Joseph, defensive coordinator with the Miami Dolphins, 
and was very, very good. It's what landed him the job, the head coaching job with the Denver Broncos. And Joseph, very fond of his time with the Dolphins. Here's what he had to say that, that season. Quote, we were terrible early on, end quote. And then it flipped, and then he called it a fun year, and no one thought we could win four games, and here they win double digits uh, in that contest. And Xavier Howard, one of the few players that are still with the Dolphins from when Joseph was the defensive coordinator. Yeah, and they went out and spent big money with Byron Jones, and if you can, you can cover in the secondary, whether safety or corner, you can do a lot of things up front. So that's looked like that's the way they're building their team. Again, they got 10 picks next year, four in the first two rounds. So they, sh- they should be able to build. And if you think two is the guy, you can trade down and get more picks. I mean, they're, they're going to be leveraging here considering where Houston's record is right now. They may have a top five pick and then they all have their own pick, whether that's 15 or 20. Um, so yeah. I- I like what they're doing, but again, I, I think this is a very winnable game for the Cardinals. If you want to be uh, considered, you know, one of the better teams in the conference, well, these are the games you have to win. Yeah, you're supposed to, if you, yes, to your point, you have to beat the teams that you're better than and not lay an egg. And I think they did that earlier this season, Lions, Panthers. So that's done with. You You, you can be competitive with some of those playoff contending teams, but those teams, if you want to be in the playoff picture, you have to win games like this Sunday. Now, I was listening to Wolf, and I always go back to the Panthers game just because when we heard that they came out flat or they thought they just maybe had a walk on the field, brand-new head coach, new quarterback, you know, uh, defensive coordinator, really cut his teeth in college. But Wolf goes back to the Detroit game. He, he goes back to that Detroit game because realistically they had every opportunity to win that game. And Wolf thinks that really got this team going. But then the following week, they didn't go out there and play well. So, uh, you can't go back. You know how I feel. There's always one dud every year. Happened a couple of years ago on th- uh, Halloween against the Broncos. That was embarrassing. It happens, but you just hope that's out of the, they wash that out and they don't have it. Cause, you're playing for something now. There, there should be no excuses. I know they're human nature, and you start losing in a game, and I don't think this team's going to roll over if, they, if they're down by 10 points in any game. I think they feel like with this offense and defense uh, making plays impromptu, they can compete every, every game for the rest of the season. Well, as much talk as there's been about how this team comes out of the bye, before the bye, after the bye, Everyone, and then what we talked about earlier, Larry Fitzgerald spending a lot of time at the facility, a lot of his teammates. This team knows now it's about executing and showing what they've been telling us, and that's what's going to happen on Sunday at State Farm Stadium. Yeah, and listen, there's really no style points in the NFL. Um, yeah, you like to go out there and have the game, you know, obviously within – in hand in the fourth quarter, but this is the NFL. We saw upsets last week. It's going to happen, but I just think the Cardinals, hopefully they get a charge from the crowd, 4,200 people there. Hopefully they're all Cardinal fans. Um, just having guys make plays on the field, that kind of gets the sidelines going. The Isaiah Simmons play, Marcus Gola now. So just take care of business. They're next on the, they're next on the schedule, but don't have any setbacks. And, you know, they won three in a row, but you want to keep it going. You know how I feel about stacking wins. 
Just don't bring up momentum in the vicinity of our colleague Kyle Odegaard, although that was a word that Larry Fitzgerald used, keeping that momentum going. But uh, Kyle, not a big fan of that, if you haven't noticed, as far as what he writes on azcardinals.com. Or, well, he uh, probably the feels the same. Show. Excuse me. He probably feels the same way about Jim Leland with chemistry then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.